My dear friends, it's a great joy to join you through our YouTube channel and prepare together for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of our Blessed Mother, Our Lady. During these 20 days, you can attend our services live and also meet us daily for a little moment of doctrinal formation. The theme of this formation will be the liturgy. It's up to me today to give you a small introduction, a presentation. I thought to begin with giving you a long quote from the liturgical year of the famous Don Prosper Guéranger, the abbot of Solemn. It's, it's, is, um, so it's in the pref general preface that opens the well-known work of this Benedictine. This introduction is important because I would like immediately to ban from your thoughts the various anti-liturgical heresies which have been rife in recent decades and which unfortunately continue to be rife very often. So let's let's listen together Dogerangia first. Prayer is man's richest boon. It is his light, his nourishment, and his very life. For it brings him into communication with God, with light, nourishment, and life. But of ourselves, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We must needs, therefore, address ourselves to Jesus Christ and say to him, as the apostles did, Lord, Teach us how to pray. He alone can make the dumb speak and give eloquence to the mouth of children. And this prodigy he effects by sending his spirit of grace and of prayers, who delights in helping our infirmity, asking for us with unspeakable groanings. <coughs> now it is, continued on Prosper, now it is in the Holy Church that this divine spirit dwells. He came down to her as an impetuous wind and manifested himself to her under the expressive symbol of tongues of fire. Ever since that day of Pentecost, he has dwelt in this his favorite bride. He is the principle of everything that is in her. He, it is that prompts her prayers her desires, her conticles of praise, her enthusiasm, and even her mourning. Hence, her prayer is as interrupted as her existence. Day and night is her voice sounding sweetly in the ear of her divine spouse, and her words are ever finding us a welcome in his heart. At one time, under the impulse of that spirit, who animated the admirable psalmists and the prophets, she takes the subject of her canticles from the books of the Old Testament, at another, showing herself to be the daughter and sister of the holy apostles. She intones the canticles written in the books of the New Covenant, and finally remembering that she too has had given to her the trumpet and harp, she at times gives way to the spirit who animates her. And, sing, and sings her own new canticle. From these three sources, 
comes the divine element which we call the liturgy. So you understand, my dear, my dear friends, the liturgy is therefore the voice of the Church. It's even the voice of Christ our Lord Himself who prays in her. It is inspiration of the Holy Ghost that guides her. So we have here a real abode movement and not a downward movement. The liturgy leads us up. The liturgy transcends. The liturgy helps us to abstract ourselves from the profane. It even helps us to avoid all the eruptions of the profane, to draw us into a sacred atmosphere. The deep crisis that we are experiencing in recent decades has often spread through the liturgy and in all its consequences, particularly sacred heart, and in particular sacred architecture and sacred music. The liturgy, whatever it is, chant of the divine office, for example, celebration of the holy sacrifice of the mass, the liturgy is not a trivial act. It's a holy action. So I would like to make it clear. Do not be afraid of pomp and splendor. In liturgy, the opposite of pomp is harmful. We do not go into the liturgy to find the banality of everyday life. How sad that today churches look like swimming pools from the days of Soviet Russia. Sometimes the vestments look more like a rough potato sack than a real vestment. What does the rainbow on some chasubles mean? Is it really a liturgical color? Isn't it rather the symbol of new age? That's very confusing. And what to think of certain liturgical improvisations? whose texts are certainly full of goodwill, but at best naive and touching, but never really up, never really up to the real official prayer of the Church. So now you understand that the liturgy is a worship offered to God, and this worship must be true and beautiful, true and beautiful. It must express faith and true piety. In the Roman Catholic Church, we receive this liturgy. We don't want to fabricate it. It's not made by us. Obviously, it evolves organically through the piety of the faithful and through the time. But let's put it bluntly. The liturgy is not something that we think about in the laboratory, around a table, in a small circle of very learned teachers. The liturgy is the expression of prayer, of faith, of true worship due to the free due to, due to the three times Holy God to our blessed Trinity. I would like to finish this little introduction with a personal experience. It's very fashionable in our days to share a personal experience. Everyone wants to give a testimony or witness something. But well, it's not a fairy tale, it happened to me, in fact. I, raised, I was raised uh, a Catholic in a practicing family. We were going to Mass every Sunday. But at the age of 14 years old, thanks to friends at uh, school, 
uh, Arnaud and Diane, to be precise, uh, I was invited to go to the pilgrimage of Chartres, and I've never attended before a Latin Mass. And I do remember this first Mass in the Latin Mass traditional rite I attended this time. It was amazing. I didn't understand nothing, to be honest. I think I was even confused when was the right moment of the consecration. I was a bit lost. But I just felt, wow, God is there. We are not speaking to God. Because as I said, the liturgical heresy of our days is we would think that the liturgy is for us. We need to speak to the people. We need to address the people. But that's not right. In the liturgy, we speak to God. We address to God. We are turned to the Lord. And that's fundamental to understand. And I would like you to receive it strongly as uh, with the next talks, all these days, during 20 days, we will go further in the liturgy, we will go deeper, we will try to understand, we will try to meditate the deepness, how profound is the liturgy of the Church. So I wish you, during these 20 days, to prepare the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, a very, a very um, faithful attendance to these little meetings. Uh, be be, uh, be, uh, be aware, be ready to uh, these little meetings. And I hope it will bring something to you for your doctrinal formation. And when the public worship will resume again, because unfortunately at the moment, as you know, we are not able to have a public worship in our church. It's so sad. Uh, you will be uh, committed more and more in the liturgy in the right way, and offer this divine worship together with the whole Church to the Blessed Trinity, 